Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who immediately understood every single reference in the Ariana Grande Thank You Next video. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we have not stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the age-old question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2004's 13 Going on 30, starring Jennifer Garner. Jenna Rink couldn't grow up fast enough. Smile, sweetie. Don't you knock. Are you wearing a bra? You're not ready Dad, for a Dad, stop taping. So on her 13th birthday. Dad. Check this out. Wishing dust. She only made one wish. I hate being 13. I just want to be grown up. And she woke up. 17 years later. So obviously today is a very special occasion here on the pod because we are not using Zoom. We are here in the flesh in person. If you're watching the YouTube version, you are seeing... Audrey just reached across and clutched me. Uh, you can see that we are, in fact, in my living room with a uh, concepted setup here. Uh, shout out to our uh, interim production director, Josh Perlman Hall, for the assist here. Um, but yeah, Audrey's in Ohio. So here we are. We exist in the same dimension. Yeah. And we're not precisely in hallway studios the way that we used to be. Now we are just... squad. Yeah, we decided to not uh, sweat today. As much. As much. We will still sweat. Still hot. There's still no AC. Yeah. But you know what? It's okay. So we're talking about a very significant movie today uh, in the world of the canon of the movies that we like to talk about on Sleepover Cinema. And we have many facts and uh, things to discuss uh, surrounding this movie. But before we get into that, uh, get your emotional security water bottle or whatever (laughs) and do a cheers (laughs) with us. We have these really intricate pink chalices. If you're just listening, like... yes. And we are. Uh, you should know. We're having a little Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> having a little uh, drinking discussion here. <laughs> that was the sound of plastic clinking. In case you could hear that. Anyway, oh, I feel refreshed. I know it's kind of warm though. <laughs> and we'll have more cold later. Okay. Are we ready to get into the facts here? Never been more ready in my life. All right. So, 13 Going on 30 was released in theaters on April 23rd, 2004. A very big year for our canon, and we will come back to that later on during the gossip section. This movie was directed by Gary Winnick, who passed away in 2011 uh, due to circumstances I am not familiar with because I uh, got these notes together rather quickly today. <laughs> but he, uh, in our world, he was known for directing the live-action Charlotte's Web, Bride Wars, mm-hmm. and Letters to Juliet, which I've never seen. But have you seen that? I think I did see it. I think I randomly saw it in, it might have been middle school. It came out in 2009, so middle yeah. school would so make yeah, sense. So yeah, I think I did see it. I think my one friend was really ready yeah, for it. Amanda Seyfried was in it. Yeah. So that's a moment. Actually, I think I might have might have mm-hmm. seen that movie. And I immediately forgot everything, obviously. Yep. But, like, that could be in this genre for it sure. It could. 
Yeah. We'll file that away under like the third to fourth string of movies <laughs> that we will cover on this show. <laughs> So, okay, Gary directed this movie. Uh, The movie was produced and written by a uh, husband-wife duo by the names of Josh Goldsmith and Kathy Yuspa. They were known primarily around this time for running King of Queens. They were the showrunners of that show, which it took me so long to understand, like, what that title meant. Because I didn't know that Queens was a place until, like, college. Isn't that at Leah Remini? I think so, Yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. So they ran that show. They also worked on Till Death and the Mighty Ducks TV show. So good for them. Interesting. <laughs> and they also wrote the movie What Men Want. Have you seen that movie? Or is that a show? Um, I think it's it a movie. It doesn't sound like something I would watch. Because <laughs> we're not interested in what men not want. Not interested. It's true. <laughs> we're not interested in what men want. Okay. So um, like who hears that name and is like. It's like me. Pick me. Yes. You know, there are people out there that are like that. Right. I know that. And like, we've all probably fallen victim to some sort of, I don't know, YouTube recommended video in the past. Oh my God. Yes. That's like along those lines. Do you ever watch Mrs. Midwest? No, but I, I I don't watch, but I know exactly who that is. Okay. I fell down that rabbit hole for a while and I was never like, let me become a traditional homemaking wife, but. It's just for the, for the entertainment value. It's really entertaining. How, um. It's like a parallel universe. Right. Yeah. But she did have one thing that I liked the idea of. (laughs) What? Which is she had this thing where she was like, every night you should put your kitchen to bed. Meaning like make sure like your dishes are done and shit. Okay. That's just like human being stuff. Okay. Yeah. But I don't have a dishwasher. So it's like a whole thing to have everything done. Okay, so you know what it means then. Yes, I do. The level of struggle that is. So, okay. The one thing I want to take away from Mrs. Midwest is the ability to put my kitchen to bed in the evening. It's so weird to I know, say. I know. Anyway, uh, let's get into this plot synopsis. Yes. We are passing a laptop back and forth for let's our notes. Let's get into it. All right, here's the plot synopsis. A girl who's sick of the social structures of junior high is transformed into a grown-up overnight. In this feel-good fairy tale, teenager Jenna wants a boyfriend, and when she's unable to find one, she fantasizes about being a well-adjusted adult. Suddenly, her secret desire becomes a reality, and she is transformed into a 30-year-old. But adulthood, with its own set of male-female challenges, isn't as easy as it looks. Male female challenges. When I put that one in there, I'm like, she's gonna love that male female challenges. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. Um, I think they were just trying to like use fancy wording somehow, and yeah, it's right. like that I wasn't it. Like, romantic struggles, right. or something. Exactly. And then taglines. We have two. The first one is for some, thirteen feels like it was just yesterday. For Jenna, it was. <laughs> That's pretty good. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that is good. I liked that one. And then the second one is the generic marketing one. A comedy for the kid in all of us. Mm-mm. Not true. It's not true. Why is it not true? I just don't think everybody it's would not like a film this for movie. Yeah. I mean, okay. Eh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think. I think as far as, you know, if we're talking about like, Legally Blonde, 13 Going on 30, Mean Girls, like the the list. Yes. The list. Yes. I do think 13 Going on 30 is more inclusive than other movies. Yes, I agree. So maybe they have a point here. Maybe. 
We're going to find out. We will find out. That is absolutely true. Okay, so now we're going to get into the cast. And I asked Audrey her opinion on this as I was compiling everything because I was like, are there like three characters in this movie or am I just remembering wrong? And she confirmed that there are essentially three characters. When you really come down to it. Yeah. So, of course, we have not Julia Roberts, but Jennifer (laughs) Gardner as Jenna Rink in this movie. Really like the crown jewel of the entire affair. And for us, sort of what she's best known for, well, for obviously 13 going on 30 is like one of the big ones, but she was also the um, like wife mom in Juno. Yeah. Which do you remember who the husband was in that movie? Mm -hmm. I feel like it was someone like Paul Rudd or Mark Ruffalo, but it wasn't. Uh, do you want me to look it up? Yeah. I'm curious. I, w- I would actually love to rewatch Juno. Yeah, that Juno would be a, good, is a one. good one. That would be a good one. Jason Bateman. Oh, yeah. Okay. We were pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good cast. Honestly, watching that again now as not teenagers would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. We should do that. Yeah. Would you guys be interested in Juno? Because it is a little bit. It's, it's era wise, it's right. It actually came out the same year as this yeah. movie. Yeah, I feel but like it's more indie. It's 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 a more indie vibe than we. Yeah, go but for I feel it. like it's the same thing as like a Napoleon Dynamite, but like more like woman targeted sort yeah. of. Um, shit. Now I really want to rewatch that. Okay. Juno has now been added to the mental list. So, okay, we have that. And then next up, we have Mark Ruffalo as Matt Flamhalf, I guess is his character's (laughs) last name. Um, He's also very beloved in this movie. But other than that, he is the Hulk in The Avengers. Weird casting choice. I could not tell you that if someone put a gun to my head. Yeah, I I think I knew that deep down somewhere inside, but I didn't really know until I was compiling it. I didn't tell you. Yeah. Um, Uh... He was in The Kids Are All Right, which mm-hmm. I don't really know why people like that movie. I had to watch that in film school. I think I did too. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was for writing. That, yeah. that was like the reason for watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, people it's love just, that it's movie. It's just like white people in a house. Yeah, and lesbians. So they're like, ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, isn't true. it that it's like a lesbian couple and then like the ex-husband and or the something? Kids that are yeah. all right. I, it seems like they're all right. They were. It turns out. <laughs> this, you would never know from the title. <laughs> you know, for a second, we thought they weren't. But then they kind of were. You know, <laughs> what they say about the movies, you need to know when you're able to go home or whatever, is when you find out that the kids are all right. All right. He was also uh, in The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Not The Eternal Sunshine. The just eternal. eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> And then next up, we have Judy Greer as Lucy Wyman. Lucy is like Jenna's best friend, I'm pretty sure. Uh, She was in Jurassic World in 2015. She was also like a BFF role in 27 Dresses, which came out the same year as this movie. So she had her niche, you know, at least she had that going for her. And she she was an Ant-Man. Okay, that's off, but all right. It was after this era. Um, And then lastly, I wasn't going to include this person, but Audrey told me that I should because she's like relevant on TikTok, I guess. Uh, We have Krista B. Allen, who plays young Jenna in the first part of the movie. Mm -hmm. She was on the TV show Revenge, um, and she's in this movie, and she has some other credits that are mostly like films or like small things and yeah I don't know I don't think her acting career is necessarily that big but yeah for some reason I see her on my for you page all the time and people just like eat it up 
I mean, it's the same thing like with Rivka. Yeah, they're so here, which I get. I, obviously, I fall victim to this all the time. Yeah, but yeah, and now so now I feel like she kind of just has like an influencer thing going on. Yeah, like, aside from that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so that's our cast. I know it's not a lot, and I'm sure that after we we re we're gonna think after we rewatch it, we'll be like, oh shit, we should have included more people because we are actually going to break in the middle and watch the movie tonight, which is really ambitious considering that it's already nine thirty six p.m. This but is a genuine episode. This is like a vintage. This is like a season one style episode, yeah. basically. Um, but anyway, Audrey, take us through these numbers. All right. Taking you to school. Please do. <laughs> so the budget for 13 going on 30 was $37 million. Box office opening weekend was $21,054,238. So, okay. That's pretty good. I think that at that point they'd be like, all right, nice. Like, we're, yeah. we're definitely going to make our money back. The overall worldwide gross was $97,658,712. I would say... <laughs> They're doing all right. Yes. The kids are all right. The kids are all right. <laughs> That's going to be a thing from now on. <laughs> the kids are financially sound. <laughs> um, the kids are making back their investment. Yes. Times four or whatever. Yes. And as for critical opinions, there is a 65% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. Pretty good. Not bad for what we're used to. Yes. And the critical consensus is, although the plot leaves a lot to be desired, 13 going on 30 will tug at your inner teenager's heartstrings, thanks in large part to a dazzling performance from Jennifer Garner. Absolutely accurate. Yes. Kind of like how sometimes you'll watch a Lindsay Lohan movie and you're like, the only thing holding that together is Lindsay. Yes. Kind of similar. Like, get a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a bare skeleton, but they're making up most of it. Yes. Um, And then we've got two critic opinions here. The first one is from Dalton Ross of Entertainment Weekly. He says, yes, it's just a female version of Big. And yes, the story is fairly disposable. But gosh, if Garner doesn't somehow pull it off. I know. But I had never realize that it's the same thing as big but it is the it same is. thing as big i watched big for the first time months like a few months ago it's good yeah it is good yeah i enjoyed it i thought i really liked the empty apartment i don't know <laughs> i haven't seen it in a really long time There's, he like buys an apartment in the city mm-hmm. but he doesn't have furniture other than like little boy furniture oh my so God. he's got a trampoline in the soho loft apartment it's completely empty uh-huh. i enjoyed that yeah And then our second opinion is from Keith Phipps of (laughs) AV Club. He says, apart from the moment where Garner unselfconsciously flirts with a 13-year-old boy, the film is pretty much devoid of comic spark. And though it seems to have sweet intentions, it keeps sending mixed messages. I mean, I don't even know if I agree with this man. I just wanted to get some variety in here, yeah. you know? I mean, that's certainly true. And the same same thing with Big. I mean, mm-hmm. Big gets really uncomfortable. I haven't seen it in so long that it I don't gets, even know. Yeah, because there's this older woman who oh. is, like, in a relationship with adult Tom Hanks. But you know that on the inside, he's a child. Right. So it's yeah, yeah, super yeah. questionable. Yeah. 
Um, and then there was a 75% audience score, so 10% higher than the critic score. And some <laughs> quotes from the people. The, the, <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes users. Yeah, the yes. Rotten Tomatoes users. <laughs> JM on Rotten Tomatoes. Jennifer Garner is just not a very good actress. Period. Full stop. They should have made Judy Greer the lead, and then this movie would have been funny and charming. <laughs> I just want to imagine that it's Judy Greer writing this yeah. review, like logging on anonymously and writing that. She's like, yeah, I should have gotten the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the second quote is, yep, good movie. It's suitable to watch with your family. <laughs> That's it. And then there's one more. And then <laughs> this really poorly written one that just says, too inappropriate. It says the F word. <laughs> but it's all spelled wrong. It's all spelled incorrectly. Yes. So That's my favorite take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. That's amazing. Yes, I fully agree. Uh, inappropriate is spelled I-N-A-P-R-O-P-R-E-A-T-E. <laughs> inappropriate. Inappropriate. Shout out to that person. Okay. So normally we would do the gossip section right now. However, we have encountered a lot of 2004 uh, in this season. So I figured that instead of talking about the pop culture of the time, I just made a list of all the other movies that came out in 2004 that are relevant to our show. So New York Minute, Sleepover, The Girl Next Door, Raise Your Voice, Mean Girls, White Chicks, and the SpongeBob movie. And Princess and the Popper. So basically, yeah. it was a big year. Like, Mean Girls came out one week. Ella Enchanted. Oh, yeah, and Ella Enchanted. Is that right? Yeah. Mean Girls came out one week after this movie, I'm I pretty think, sure. I think there's even more than that. Like, it's yeah. insane. Yeah, it was a very good year. It's crazy. Yeah. There was something in the air. People, just the the audience and the people creators were there for like a rom-com slash teen movie golden era and this was like the peak of it and then it probably like fizzled out like with twilight that was probably the last thing that was really big Mm -hmm. and that wasn't like an original thing for teens it was like a book you know it it went from like this sort of shit into like the hunger games twilight harry potter got bigger yeah because in 2004 the third harry potter came out so Mm -hmm. and that was before things got were necessarily, like, romantic interests. Right, like, right. It was, like, still... Because they were still, like, kids. Like, the third movie is when they turned into, like, teenagers. Yeah. So, it was just a moment. a moment. It was a moment. Um. So, with that in mind, Audrey, what things do you remember about this movie? When's the last time you watched it? When was the first time you saw it? What are your thoughts? I think I saw it for the first time kind of late in the game. Like def- that's how I felt too. Definitely not before 2010. Mm-hmm. So some probably somewhere in high school. Yep. That's my guess. So 2012 to 2015, somewhere in there. And then, um, yeah, I probably saw it at like a sleepover, some kind of gathering like mm-hmm. that. And I felt like it just—it's not like a classic to me the way I know it is for other people, yeah. which like hurts me a little bit. Yeah, it's just because I didn't watch it early enough. Like I was already—I already had those movies. Mm-hmm. Like we already—they were solidified. <laughs> um, we're gesturing to the Aquamarine poster yeah. in between us right now. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it, and like it's cute. Yes, yeah. yeah. I basically felt. 
or feel the exact same way as you. So I feel like I saw it at like a basement gathering, yeah. like mid high school. Um, and I feel like, I feel like Jennifer Gardner's performance is like really like frantic, which makes sense for what it is. Um, but yeah, literally every single thing you said, same. Like, I know it's a classic for people. We just missed this one somehow. And it makes me wonder if it's rated PG-13 because maybe that's why we missed it because we didn't really watch PG-13 movies for a while. Mm. I, I definitely watched them younger than you just because I was younger than yeah. you. Yeah. So like, you know how that works with older siblings. Yes. But, yeah. Um, but, like, don't let that discourage you. Like, we want to love – like, we want to yes. bring it to you. Yes, and yes, yes. it's also good because we don't have it memorized. And so we're actually going to have more, like – Like, some fresh takes. Fresh like, we're takes. not just going to be, like, regurgitating, like, the BuzzFeed yeah. lists, hopefully. Hopefully. That are <laughs> if we there. are, it's not on purpose. Yeah, we're definitely not doing it on purpose. Um, it feels like we got through this weirdly fast, but I'm sure that we'll have a lot to say. Yeah. So let's – Go watch this movie. Yeah, let's go watch it. It's on a, f- a lot of things. It's on HBO Max. I think it's on Hulu. Yeah. So lots but it of might require like a premium, whatever the hell. Yeah. Um. So we'll find out. But we will be back in approximately um a tight 90. 90 minutes <laughs> real life and maybe a few 20 minutes. seconds podcast time. So maybe um, a few glasses deep. <laughs> <laughs> We're about one half glass deep currently. We've been so talking. yeah. We will be back. Hope you enjoyed the film. We cannot wait to share our takeaways with you. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. Well, people, we've made We're it back. We've made it back. <laughs> it's time for some late night discourse. <laughs> it's 11.30 p.m. And that's okay. We drank almost an entire bottle of wine, but in a chill, cool way, not in yeah, a we not, are getting wasted way. We had cheese that's also, you know. Some carbs, soak it up. Mix it in. I mean, liquid carbs plus alcohol plus carb carbs. <laughs> yeah, liquid carbs and solid carbs. <laughs> if we were in one of these movies, they'd be like, oh, honey, you have to get your life together. <laughs> they'd be like, that is not what it means to be 30, flirty, and thriving. No, they'd be like. <laughs> they'd be like, fat girls can't be happy. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway. <laughs> oh. You suck. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay, so let's start with the good stuff. Yeah. And some of my good stuff, I- I'm going to describe my good category as like compliments category. Do you want me to start? Mm-hmm. Okay. So first and foremost, the likeness between young Jenna and old Jenna is stellar. So good job casting people. I thought that was very, like, enjoyable. Same for her best friend. I thought that was also very good. They did a good job. Maddie and Maddie, a bit more of a reach. But that's okay. That's okay for the kind of movie that it is. And also, like, there are a lot of people where how they look at 13 and how they look at 30 – it's like it looks like a different person. Yeah. And I think for someone like Maddie, it would make sense. Yeah. I think that's what they were yeah. thinking as well. Yeah. I have thoughts on that, but we'll come we'll back to that later. To okay. That. You say some of your good things because actually, no. I, I thought that this was probably the best example that we've seen so far of a movie that is set in New York that actually utilizes it the right way. Like, I thought that all of their on-location stuff was worth being on location, whereas, like, in New York Minute, it's like you could have been anywhere and it would yeah. have been the same thing. Like, good use of street signs, good use of talking about directions. Like, yeah. it was worth being there. Yeah. it used its location. Yeah, yeah, like the budget did not go to waste. And not in a way that's just like downright offensive the whole time. That's right. New York Minute. Right. <laughs> um, I have a lot of other good things, uh, but though they're they just get more specific from here. So why don't you do some of your general good things? Um so the mean girls, the group of mean girls um in the 80s scenes are so elite now. A lot of them are huge actresses. And I yeah. just think that's funny. Ashley Benson was in there. Um, I'm pretty sure Brie Larson was in there. I still don't know who Brie Larson really is. Um, there's just a bunch of them. Also in the Once Jenna is 30, that little ginger girl that she's friends with um, is in Secret Life of the American Teenager. Yes, she is. In the 80s scene, they're... The blonde boy is in Ned's Declassified. Um, that was fun. Yes. It's, it's yes, just, yes, yes, yes. It caused some kind of dissonance in my brain, though, because, because I didn't see this movie in, like, 2004, 2004 or whatever. It, like, somehow in my mind seemed like it was earlier than that. Like, maybe it was yeah. a 90s movie or something. And then, so the fact that, like people from our youth like yeah. things that we watched as children it's just weird it's it's a weird timing thing yes yeah i i get that yeah um the belligerent soundtrack chaotic good is, is what you're saying certainly something to be appreciated although it's like did you really need to use two and a half minutes of vienna right right like that's so on the nose too yeah. But when um, I Want to Dance with Somebody came on. It was a moment for us. We were harmonizing. We were pleased. (laughs) It's true. We were very easily pleased. Yes. Yeah. They spared absolutely no expense with this. I mean, thriller, choreography, and song, the whole thing, multiple times. Yeah. It's basically like the running motif of the movie is thriller, which is just really Really. (laughs) ambitious. And we were wondering how they were able to pull that off. Uh, We weren't there. We approved this. Yeah. Were they friends with Michael Jackson? Like (laughs) Michael 
Jackson. <laughs> Do I need to specify? <laughs> I have a lot of really specific things that I enjoyed. Uh, one of them is when Jenna shows up to Maddie's house and she's like, I don't know what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And Maddie's like, are you on drugs? Are you high? Are you smoking pot? Are you in a K-hole? When he said K-hole, I thought that was funny. So that's something very specific that I enjoyed. I also loved that the editor of Sparkle Magazine looked like a weird, like, Bernadette Peters impersonator. Yeah. We both, the second she came on screen, we were like, is that Bernadette? And it wasn't. But we wanted it to be. And you know what thought I also had about the poise editor? I thought he was like a knockoff Tim Curry. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. He's a combination. Okay. This is a reach. (laughs) Take Tim Curry plus the angry little person from Elf. Who's like, call me an elf one more time. Yeah. That guy. Take those two people. Yeah. And you get the editor Mm -hmm. of Poise. Yeah. He did give me Tim Curry, though. Yes. He also gave me that. Yeah. Yeah. He has that eyelid thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I absolutely loved the scene like two-thirds of the way through when Jenna's like himbo boyfriend is trying to do like the striptease we were both like heavily enjoying that scene which is funny because that's not something we would normally find funny like not not something that would normally tickle tickle us at all yeah but it was just the level of goofy (laughs) it was really goofy and the posing he was doing was very, like, weird, like, strongman of the 1910s or something. Yeah. And I thought that was funny. And Jennifer Garner was just doing a good job. In I that mean, scene. She, she deserves a field of flowers. flowers. Yeah, like, she was, like, like how we predicted in the first half. Without her, this whole thing would have absolutely collapsed basically within the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but she's so, like, borderline improv troupe level committed to yeah. her character yeah. that you never question it. Even when there's whole scenes where um, her best friend is like, I'm going to tell you exactly what you're doing. This is your life. And you're yeah. never like, oh, this screenplay is shit. Because Jennifer's, like, distracting with how good mm-hmm. she is, basically. Yeah, whenever those moments would happen, I'm always like, thank you for that information. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Remind yourself that you are the blank of Poise Magazine. It's like, cool. But, yeah, you you get over it really fast. Yeah, because she's, like, reacting as fuck to every single thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, another small detail, the Lisa Frank inclusion. Very good. Um, On Jenna's desk, she's got all this, like, all this Lisa Frank merch. Yes. That was fun. And I recognized one of the folders from my own use. Yes. I also have to say, in all of the reviews that I read before uh, we did the episode, everyone was like, it's predictable. This movie's predictable. The screenplay is bad. But, like, when Jenna ended up being the person who was leaking all of the information to Sparkle, like... I was shook. Like, I did not expect that. Yeah. And it's kind of not even the most overt. Like, you actually have to be paying attention to understand what's going on there. Yes. Definitely, I don't think I absorbed that the first time I ever saw it. Yes. I was probably, like, too busy, like, eating Skittles and drinking Fanta. (laughs) Going crazy. (laughs) Going crazy. Let's get crazy. (laughs) By Hannah Montana plays in the background. That, okay. That's a reference to our Hannah Montana episode if you did. That not was the hear. best part of the episode, no matter. <laughs> All 
All right. Are we ready to move on to bad? I mean, uh, my I, bad category is not all bad, exactly. I have, like, three more small Oh, go for things. it. Go for it. One being that um, the place where Jenna's apartment is is right across the street from a church that I've gone to and we've gone to yes. multiple times. Yes. And that church shows up in other movies. It's Lady in Lady Bird. Bird. It's in a, so whenever it's in a movie, I'm just like. You're like, oh, this is like just due north of NYU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of like cute. Yeah. Um, The shrimp cocktail looked delicious. Oh, my God. Yes. We were like, shout out to me because. <laughs> Audrey will fuck up a shrimp cocktail. I will devour it in <laughs> 15 minutes. Yeah. Actually, when we saw that, I thought to myself, I should text mom and tell her to prepare a shrimp cocktail for your doc screening. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Our parents are yeah. hosting a doc screening for the film that Audrey made and I helped with um, like a week from now. And it's very, Im- it's very small. Oh, it's intimate. It's very small. It's like it's not- an acoustic <laughs> sesh with our neighbors, but yeah. <laughs> it'll be very fun and cute. And I feel like you deserve a shrimp cocktail for all that. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then finally, it occurred to me at one point when Jenna decided that she was also going to make her own presentation for the redesign of Poise. Yes. That she was a literal girl boss. She is. Because she's a girl. And a boss. And a boss. Anyway, moving on. Anyway. Okay. So my bad is not really all definitively bad. Um, it's just things that I took issue with, I guess. Um, should I start? Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are in chronological order. I'm just going to run through them. And if you, since there's so many, I'm going to read the sentence. And if you feel the need to comment, please do. Okay. And if not, I will just let the statement hang there. Okay. First of all. Six chicks. That's a lot of chicks in the six chicks. Yeah. That's a big For click. like a popular girl group. Yes. Girl I group. Like, <laughs> I mean, girl click. It's like Spice Girls plus one. It's uh, <laughs> too many. It's too many. Literally name one girl group with six members. It cuts off at five. Always. Yeah. So, okay. I noted that. Um, I felt like uh, Jennifer – well, not Jennifer. I guess Jenna – Gets away with a shocking amount under the guise of being hungover on that first day. Yeah. It's like, no, that's going to get you sent to counseling. Like, that's going to get you <laughs> yeah. at least to HR. That's what I was about to say. At least. Yeah. In a corporate setting like that. Also, like, if you're, like, borderline, like, manic dissociating the way she is, like. Yeah. The perceived, the way they would perceive Yeah, her. like, that's not being hungover. No. That's something else. Like, this is, <laughs> you don't forget who you are when you're, when you're hungover. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and then I had this thought. Was she on Drag Race recently? Jennifer Garner? Yes. No. Who were the, who were like the phone in Oh, um, it was. Anne Hathaway, Anne Scarlett Hathaway. Johansson. Was that it? Um, I think so. I think. It, I see why you thought. That. I think that Scarlett Johansson and Jennifer Gardner are like vaguely in the same category mm. in my mind. Even though they're not the same. Not actually. They're not the same. But yeah, I could see that. Okay. Um, Audrey and I were remarking on this, but when uh when Poise throws the flop party, we were both like, Yeah, who could possibly <laughs> blame the populace for reacting this way when it's Poison Bloomingdale's girls' night out party? Like, can you imagine anything more like tacky than that on like a Tuesday? On like a yeah. Like no. In this like 
weird looking ballroom. weird like enchanted ass like yeah it reminded me of that venue in enchanted mm-hmm. we gotta watch enchanted yeah enchanted is a good one God, i love that movie yeah. um and on that note I know that people love this movie and I'm not trying to shit on this movie because I know that this is one of like the main things in the movie, but like a weird woman forcing a group <laughs> dance to Thriller would not revive a weird corporate flop no, party. It I would like, make people run away. I am leaving, especially in New York. Yes. You know, in a fa- in a fashion context, you know. Yes. They are a... I guess high end. They don't really seem that high end. It's though. unclear. But like, you know, let's say they're a high end magazine. Like yeah. that person is going to be shunned. Yeah. Like it's not chic. No. It's tacky. Yeah. And which, of course, there's room for in the world. We don't. But I'm just the I context. I not buy it in this context. Yeah. The context doesn't work. Yes. I'm putting a pin in this in my brain, which is. Movies about fashion magazines in the early 2000s. We will come back to this sort of thing when we do Devil Wears Prada eventually. Yeah. Okay. Um, I fucking, we both were like dying when <laughs> Maddie's girlfriend is like, we were just discussing the possibility of him joining me in the Windy City. <laughs> yeah. We were like, oh my like, God. It, maybe she moved there like two months ago. Like yeah. that's the vibe I got is like, she's probably from like, the Midwest. Like Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> not that Chicago's not in the Midwest. It is. Yeah. Um, But, you know, she's not from a big city. And she moved there like two months ago to be a n- news anchor. Yeah. And now she's like somehow dating Mark Ruffalo's character. And then, <laughs> and then she's like, the Windy City. She's like, join me in the Windy City. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. So that was weird. Um, When you find out that Maddie only has two weeks till his wedding... That's when you know. Huge red flag. Yes. And that's when you know that he's like self-sabotaging beyond comprehension and that he has like a huge like inferiority complex. Yeah. And I hate that. No, like if this movie wasn't a rom-com. This would be like bleak. It would be like a case study. Like for like. Like narcissism. Yeah. From Jenna. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, codependency. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's what it is actually, but it's all under the lens of a rom-com. So our, like, simple minds are just, like, mm-hmm. Our <laughs> we're, simple, like, give us the positive brain like, chemicals. Yeah. Yeah, play I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. Yay. Yeah. Um, but if you, like, took away all those accessories, it's just, like. It would actually <gasps> be very, like, Two Slow cool. Dancers by Mitski, like, sad. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it would be good. It would probably be, like, really devastating. Yeah. But, like, the film version, like, the indie film version of this. Yeah, the indie reboot we do in 20 years or something. Like, yeah. (laughs) It would be sad. We could all just, we could all just cry together. Yes, we could. (laughs) Put a pin in that as well. Um, Okay. When they, when it's announced that they have to do the redesign of the magazine and Jenna's like, let me make a fucking yearbook. Like, why is the class of 2004 shoot innovative or good? It looks kind of bad. It looked kind of Cole's catalog. Yes, it did. And like, I could see that working in this context, but like, I don't think she really knew it's so hard because it was 2004 and, and so now like seeing where fashion 
and visuals are right now, what's in style. It's like, this is back. Yeah. All this stuff is currently back. I mean, yeah, in a huge way. So my brain's like a little confused. Yeah. It's a little hard to evaluate all of it. Yeah. But okay. Like trend cycles aside, her, her, uh, like bulletin boards of the idea were not Good not the best, but her I pitch liked was good though. Exactly. I was gonna say the pitch was good about like best friend's big sister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wrote stuff down about that too. We can come back to all yeah. that stuff because I feel like that's part of like the deep part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um okay. I will say in general, I was like, I feel like really just two more things. Um I was really confused by like the wedding timeline with Maddie. Like, because yeah. it seemed like Two weeks and then a day. I was like, wait. And then there was like that weird moment where they were like, it's winter now. But like it wasn't actually winter. It was like a fake out. I don't know. That was confusing to me. Um, And just like my general thing here is like the way that this movie just like force feeds 80s nostalgia with like Thriller and uh, Love is a Battlefield and Whitney and all that. Like. All those songs are great, and I'm not complaining. I kind of, like, begrudge 80s nostalgia, but I think that's just because we are younger millennials slash right on the line between millennial and Gen Z. And, like, if I was 25, my age, when this movie came out, it would have been, like, the best shit I've ever seen in my life. And I give this movie its flowers for knowing that it made that impact for people that are, like, 10 years older than me. Yeah, like – our cousin Marissa, probably. Yes. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. You're listening, Marissa, hi. <laughs> like her demographic mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, you pretty much covered everything for like worse, but of course we've got the classic nose job comments. Oh yeah. I put that kind of under the more like problematic yeah. area, even but though we covered it so many times that it's like Well, it's just very yeah. like if you remember, like I th- at some point, we've talked about the Tweevils from the Bratz, like, empire and how there was this weird thing in, like, the early 2000s where, like, plastic surgery was, like, this weirdly universal punchline. And they use that a lot in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes a little more sense in this movie. At least it's in, like, a somewhat proper setting for it, but, like, not yeah. not really. Yeah. Um. All right. Dated, problematic, Honestly, there was a shockingly small amount of shit that was, like, actually bad. Mm -hmm. There was only one, like, kind of racist joke, which, like, it it was and it wasn't. It was, like, when uh, Maddie first lets Jenna up into his apartment because he thinks that she's going to be, like, the Chinese delivery guy. And when she rings the doorbell and he opens the door. He's like, you're not Chinese. It's like, it's like clearly like a double entendre, but it's like so like stupid. It's like such like a throwaway. But that being said, it like, it's a flyover moment. Yeah. Yeah. um, And it is also the type of joke that wouldn't turn any type of heads in 2004. Yeah, definitely not. Okay. I have something. I have something. So, there were, like, a couple little gay jokes sprinkled mm-hmm. into this movie. The The deepest one being at the very beginning where someone, like, one of the guys on, like, the editorial team of the magazine, he asked the blonde girl on a date with him, and she's like, oh, you're not going to Fire Island this summer? <laughs> and it's like, if you don't know what Fire Island is, it's, like, 
the gay man destination of like the tri-state area basically mm-hmm. um, it's like in the hamptons it's like an island in the hamptons i think um so that was funny but really i actually thought it was okay i thought the gay jokes in general when this movie were they were pretty tasteful not bad well and this is i totally agree yeah, with they you weren't hateful yeah totally but my question beyond that is or just like a thing to think about beyond that is like i feel like so many movies of this era have explicitly gay male characters like stanley tucci and devil wears prada Mm -hmm. damien and mean girls the guys in this movie like and it's so interesting like how they're used in these movies because they are very much like the gay best friend archetype but like yeah, Just, although this one, like, he's a boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you yeah. know what I mean, though. Like, they're not central to the plot. Like, they could no. be there or not. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like that would be super interesting as, like, a gay boy or, like, a boy that would grow up to be gay in this era to be like, oh, like, there's my person. They're there. They're uh, there, but they're, like, making jokes the whole time. Yeah. You know? Like, I just think it's interesting that the representation is the way that it is. Or was the way that it was, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but it's like at that time, that was impressive, just that. Yes. So, It's also just very, like, straight girl, gay man pairing, like, which is like, we, I mean, we love that pairing. Very GBF. Very GBF. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to think about. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to point it out okay so now let's move into i have my notable category but it's also sort of just like my deep yeah just category. deep deep takes and like is it worthwhile or not it's kind of like for me it's like wrapped up yes i kind of agree with the guy who said that there's mixed messages in this movie okay because what is this movie telling you it's trying like these types of movies where it's like future past self that sort of thing they're usually trying to teach you a lesson like there's a very overt lesson yeah usually yeah um but you look at this one and it's like she became a shitty person Mm -hmm. promptly after being 13 or whatever she finds out all the various ways in which she's become a shitty person but look where that got her in life right she was a shitty person made all the wrong decisions you know maybe interpersonally but she has her dream job it's like sort of that like crushing people to get ahead yeah like devil wears prada right but like it's not really following through on that yeah yeah i agree it's like no like your life is literally perfect like what else could you want but it's not really showing that it's like shallow or empty yeah per se like yeah like in the parts where she's like i don't have any real friends blah 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 it's like okay well how do you know that you don't have any real friends because you can't remember shit so you you don't even have like a phone like there's no way for you to know yeah like (laughs) Like, people can't just hit your line all the time. Or, like, they can, but, like, you don't even know how to pick up your phone. You don't know the relationships. Yeah. She doesn't know what her relationships are. Right. So that um, is a little, like, half-baked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I kind of feel like one thing that when I was watching this, this time around that kind of was rattling around in my brain is that, like, I feel like... For me, this movie kind of brings out this question of, like, 
what is what is life actually about? Is it about like measurable public success where you have items and a nice apartment and like visible clout? Or is it about like being proud of who you are deep down and like being in love with like someone who makes you feel good? And like, we'll get to Maddie in that sense. But I just feel like there is no clear answer, yeah. whether it's like, pursuing like professional goals versus like really cultivating like your inner life. Like what is the win? Um, and that kind of made me think, and really the main point that I kind of came away with is like, so like at the end when she's like sitting outside the house and she's like having her little emotional breakdown and being like, she's, she's just tapping her heels together three times is what it is. But there's no like, cause for it. Yeah, no, it's it's true. But yeah. really to me what what kind of struck me about that is like as much as like we can sit in our lives and like want to know what the right decision is, like we're never going to know what's actually the right thing and like watching her in her adult state but actually just a 13-year-old that doesn't know better was like I guess to me, it kind of seemed like the theme of the movie at the end of the day was like honoring your truth to the furthest extent that you can based off of what you know in that moment, which is literally just like your gut instinct. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because a lot of times, like maybe what your 13-year-old self wanted like isn't right. I mean, it's probably not. It. It's that's also an interesting thing. Yeah. Because I feel like in like motivational or self-help type contexts, like a lot of times there will be the sentiment of like, would your 13-year-old self be proud uh-huh. of you or whatever? It's like my th- when I was 13, I certainly did not think about being 30. And I also thought I didn't even think about being 20. Yeah. I didn't even think about being 18. Yeah. <laughs> like I also, we thought it was funny that they even chose 30. Yeah, 30 is a funny age. It's a good title. It's a good article name. I get it. Yeah. Like, but. When she was like, I wish I was 30. Where's the 13 year old that is like, I want to be 30. Yeah, no. Of all ages. Like, I'd be, if I'd be more like 16, like I want to drive or like 18. Yeah. 21. Yeah. (laughs) I want to be 30. Yeah, definitely not. So I feel like there is something also really interesting in this movie about, like, your inner child. And, like, as you were saying, like, would your young self be proud of this? And it's, like, there's no way for you to ever actually be able to look back and objectively know what you wanted unless you have, like, really intense journals or something, like – It's just an interesting concept to try to evaluate your current life based off of what you would have wanted when you were younger. Yeah. And, like, this is something that, like, I've literally, like, written a play about. Like, it's something I've thought about a lot. And it's interesting because it just shows that this movie is also an influence. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, all you can do is just be the best person you can and, like, not sell yourself out. Yeah, because there is some truth to it as far as like, I mean, 13 is almost a little old because so many things have influenced you by then. Yeah. And like, you're not really, I mean, you're basically, as soon as you have like consciousness and understanding, like self-awareness. Yeah. You are changed. Yeah. Like you are affected by your surroundings. You're not just literally you with nothing. Yeah. 
blank slate. With no condiments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can't like you you'll never have you'll just never have really the perspective what you should be it. listening to is like what like your seven-year-old self yeah would like want. what was your yeah and it's not about like maybe career ambitions or something it's just like what would be cool yeah it might not even be like material things or jobs or anything like that because you yeah. don't think about that stuff when you're seven it's right. just like h- how were you then yeah as a person like how did you operate yeah that's what is interesting to think about as an adult, not like, yeah, who your crush was or some yeah. shit. I have another thing that I want to bring up, which is it has to do with Maddie. So, okay, I think we can all agree that adult Maddie is like a nightmare person. Yeah. He is like, he literally like leads in in talking about his romantic relationships with being like, yeah, I haven't genuinely felt love or excitement since I was like in fucking high school. 13 or like whatever in high school. So that felt like a red flag to me. But on top of that, so like one thing at the end that really struck me is like when she's like walking out of the house, holding the the house that Maddie made her. And it's like, she's holding her dreams in her arms and like, wow, like the symbolism. But then you think about it and you're like, okay, she's always been boy crazy. And she literally had this dream house made for her by a boy who decided that these were the things that she liked. And like, were some of them accurate? Yeah, but like she didn't make it for herself. Yeah, A man was like, here's what I have decided that you like and this is how I project onto your interests. Mm -hmm. Let me literally hand you this like physical manifestation of it. And I was just kind of like, it's not hitting This is messy. Yeah, it's super messy. I don't, I think it's like interesting to be in a movie. It's just, the the problem is that I know there's so many like millions of people who, but it's not really... I don't know. It's hard because it's part part of me is like, it's not a problem. Like, we're okay. Yeah. But if you watched this movie with a different framing, a different context, like, it's literally a nightmare. Yeah. It's a huge, huge nightmare. It's really upsetting. Parts of it are really upsetting. And it's like, okay, if you look at this movie and you're like, this whole thing is like the fever dream of like a 13-year-old, you're like, yes. But a lot of people watch it and they don't view it that way. No, they view it as like, a rom-com with Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo. Right. Which, it's that's not what it is. Yeah. I don't think that's what it is at all. I yeah. Not one part of my soul thought, oh, that's cute. And does that make me a cold-hearted <laughs> bitch? A cold-hearted bitch. Um, I don't care because it's not cute. I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry. It's not. She knew... She knew what kind of person he was after, you know, he kissed her on that playground thing. He, She knew he had a wedding in two weeks. All this stuff happened. She knew that. A 13-year-old knows what weddings are, yes. understands loyalty, that yes. sort of thing. Yes. Especially a 13-year-old that's, like, binge reading Poise magazine. Like, she yeah. knows. Like, she knows what's between right and wrong. Yeah. You saw what kind of person Maddie was as an adult flashback to um being 13 after learning all these things she's learned while being 30 decides to like attack and kiss him which was weird and then decides to like date him for the next 15 years yeah to get to that point and then it cuts to them at the wedding like it the whole ending i was like whoa 
Yeah. But you know what, though? I was kind of thinking, like, at that very, very last shot when it's, like, her pink suburban house and she's, like, with him and they're, like, sitting on the couch being all cute, like, in the front yard. I was like, you know what, though? Like, in terms of, like, your fantasies when you are 13, 14, like, domestic functionality is, like, all that you can aspire for because you don't know better. So it's, like, even just, like, living with someone and having it go well. It's like, again, if you're looking at it through the framework of this is a 13-year-old, it totally tracks and you're like, yes. Yeah. But But it's like, is that, I just don't know that it's that smart. Like, is it that smart? Is it that intentional? It, no. I don't know. It would, if it is, like, that's cool. But I don't think the masses look at it that way. No. Just because it's hard to. It's it's like, no, that is literally not a 13-year-old. That is Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Also, just Maddie's a fuck ass. Like, I don't want to date Maddie. I don't. He was such a cute kid, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, a very, like, nice boy. He got really. Jaded and weird. Yeah. Yeah. He he seems like, you know, this is pre-YouTube, but he seems like three YouTube rabbit hole binges away from, like, being an incel. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with you. Um, but because he, like, had a career and, like, a girlfriend in high school, he, like, was able to swerve from that. He yeah, was able like, to avoid he, it. Yeah. Yep. But, um, <sighs> and one more thing. I have, like, one more point. Please. Which is that, okay, compared to Big... In the scene where we have adult Tom Hanks, who is inside a child, dating a woman who is his age or whatever. She's an adult woman. It's really confusing to explain that. You know how there's that whole thing of like young, you know, girls progress faster like mentally than boys. So they're like light years ahead when they're the same age. Yes. When you're looking at that Tom Hanks scene versus this Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo situation where they're in the in the room right before the wedding happens. Yeah. It's like, you know that Jennifer Garner's 13 inside and Mark Ruffalo is 30. And yet it seems like they're like operating on the same pl- like field. Like it, you don't get that like deep cringe yeah, that yeah. you do when you watch Big. And it's just something to watch out for. I'm like, that's just... I. I don't. <laughs> I think it doesn't sit right with you. It doesn't you. sit right with you because it didn't hit me. And like we are ingrained to be okay with like older man, younger woman, yeah. more so than the opposite. Yeah, definitely by a long shot. Yes. So yeah, it just it just strikes you differently. Yeah. In this society, we live in a society. So <laughs> even with all these things said. Like, I don't not like this movie. but It made us think a lot of things. It did make us think a lot of things, but I don't love it. No. I think it's fine. I think it's all right. I think that if we had grown up watching it, we would feel much differently about it. Yeah. Especially if it had been in the minivan. Girl. It'd be over. If it had been in that apple orchard box with all the (laughs) other DVDs, who knows? Maybe this poster would have been 13 going 30. But I doubt it because there's a mermaid in this one. Yeah. It needed the fantastical element. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're going to piss everyone off. It's really not personal, guys. It's just like, okay, if you love this movie from day one, like being a child and, and everything, 
tr- I kind of would recommend like trying to watch it with like the like, eyes, like fresh eyes of yeah. somebody who's not watching a rom-com. I don't know. It's yeah. kind of interesting. It's kind of fun to do that. Maybe that just ruins it. If that ruins it for you, then like don't do it. Yeah. But <laughs> so that's what we thought about 13 going on 30. Still love Jennifer Garner. Still had some really fun moments watching it with the music. She's, she's iconic in this And the movie. fashion. And she's iconic. It's a New York City 2004 time it's capsule. It's great. It's great. There's reasons to love it, but when you really get down to the nitty gritty, it's like, what is it's actually a, going yeah, on? Yeah, it's a bizarre story. Yeah. Um, But thank you to everyone who suggested that we do this movie, and we enjoyed it, and uh, we took so many notes. We thought so many things. Yes, and we, yeah. we have two more episodes of this season. Is mm-hmm. that true? Or three? Two. Two. <laughs> okay. So they will all be together, though. Maybe. Probably. Hopefully. <laughs> At least one of them will be. At least one of them will be. The one with our mother. Yes. So get ready for that one. And uh, until then, we hope you have a sweet, sweet evening, morning, afternoon, whatever time it is where you are. It's it's night. <laughs> it's extreme night for it's us the here. Of night. Yeah. Um, but until then, uh, stay 30, 30 and thriving. Yes. So long. Bye. <laughs> you can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingpictures.com. If you want to watch our show as well as listen, we're on YouTube too. Search Sleepover Cinema or go to the link tree in our Instagram bio. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Tooping Pictures and would love to hear from you there. We're also on TikTok at Sleepover Cinema and that's really where the party is at. And if you like the show, if it brings back evocative memories of childhood or tweendom or babysitting, share the episode with a few friends. Leave us an iTunes review telling us what movie you'd like to see us cover next and leave us a review if you like the show and if you don't, don't. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah, and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Special thanks to executive producers Michael D'Aloya and David Moss. We'll chat again soon. Bye. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.